Hey everyone, welcome to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. I'm your host, Trisha, registered dietitian, nutrition coach. This podcast is for busy women like you with a desire for achieving better whole health balance. In this podcast, you'll learn practical tips to get you started, motivation to keep you inspired, and guest interviews that will empower you to take action. Come join me in failing forward one tiny step at a time into the journey of health, wellness, and self-care. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends. On episode three, we talked about the healthy mom, healthy woman trifecta of self-care, nutrition, and movement. Last week, we talked to Dr. Nancy McGuire about self-care. And so today we're going to explore the topic of balanced nutrition, what it is, why it's important, and of course, some tips to get you started. My family history probably looks something like yours. So if it's diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and weight abnormalities. Studying nutrition was a way for me to figure out how to change that family history with the foods that I eat. It was a way for me to exert some form of control over my own health, which is much easier to do when life is calm and controlled. When my son was a newborn, I went through this two-week phase of eating only peanut butter M&Ms. I could barely walk, but somehow was so motivated to get those damn M&Ms that I would walk my butt down three flights of stairs from my apartment building to the local pharmacy to get them. During this period, I was trying to survive the three to four hour feedings of a newborn, pack for an upcoming move, and deal with pain from a C-section and a hip fracture. Those M&Ms offer the perfect snack of being quick, easy, calorie dense, and so emotionally satisfying. Did I know that I could be eating something better that would give myself and my baby more nutrition? Yeah, obviously. But those M&Ms were all I could physically and emotionally muster at that point in my life. Making and preparing food was low on my priority list, and I was fighting to get through each day in one piece. I know I'm not the only one who has gone through a season like this. I'm pretty sure all of us have had experiences and periods in our lives where we're just on survival mode and focusing on nutrition isn't really a priority. Why does it have to be like that? That M&M period of my life was about avoiding and surviving. I don't know if I could have done it better, and it really doesn't matter, but what does matter is that I now recognize that behavior that I used to survive, and I can choose to continue that behavior moving forward in how I cope, or I can choose to do something different. I've gotten to this place that I'm making a conscious mindset shift from eating to avoid emotions to eating to help with my emotions help me feel strong, empowered, and in control. You can choose how you want to get through your next hardship too, if eating is how you deal with it. You can do what you always do, or you can choose to do something different. Implementing one strategy at a time, starting now, every day, over time, will help you create a strong nutritional foundation of health. Providing some nutrition knowledge may be a way for you to create this groundwork. What is nutrition and why is it important? Nutrition is getting the nutrients we need to nourish our bodies by the foods we eat every single day. Each of these foods provide a different function 
and go into the cells that need them to help the body run efficiently. The goal is to have a balance of these nutrients as each food plays a different role in helping the body function properly. When there is an imbalance of nutrients, there is an increased risk of developing health conditions related to that imbalance. Nutrition is important as it helps nourish and feed our bodies, helps maintain overall health, prevents or reduces risk of diseases, including diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, some forms of cancer, cholesterol, and stroke. Balanced nutrition helps our bodies heal and grow. It helps fight illness. It helps us recover from injury, helps increase our energy level, and acts as fuel for the body during exercise. Having an imbalance of nutrition for a few weeks, like I did during that two-week M&M period, is very different than having that same imbalance of nutrients over many years. Typically, having that imbalance over a longer time period will be what leads to complications. So the goal is to focus on strategies that over time will create more of a balance in the foods we eat and avoid the complications and the chronic disease that I mentioned. To figure out where best to start on making changes in what we eat, we can look at the 2015-2020 Dietary Guidelines for Americans for any recommendations. So this link will be in the show notes, or you can just Google 2015 to 2020 Dietary Guidelines for Americans. This guideline shows eating patterns among the U.S. population and gives us an idea of what, as a population, we can do to improve on in terms of our eating. As I go through the brief descriptions, you'll be able to identify any changes that you think you can make that over time will lead you to achieving a greater nutritional balance. The U.S. population has an eating pattern that is low in vegetables, fruits, whole grains, dairy, and is high in refined grains, high meats, and poultry. So if we were, as a population, going to continue to follow this eating pattern, it will lead to an imbalance of nutrition over time as it is low in the very things that help provide vitamins, minerals, fiber, calcium, and vitamin D to our cells that require them. We will talk about the different food groups and how to balance your nutritional profile. However, I do want to know that there are going to be some disease states that are going to hinder the amount of food or what kinds of food that you can eat. So when I'm talking about like fresh fruits and vegetables, that'll be something you know, for somebody who has like some kind of bowel disease, they may not be able to have fresh fruits and vegetables. So they might have to implement something different. They may not be able to have whole grains. They may have to do something different. So all of these recommendations, they're just recommendations, but I just kind of want you to be aware of how we eat as a population and then just try to figure out ways that what's individualized to you and how maybe you can make a change to make something different. Also, I want you to remember If you're someone who already has a chronic health condition, you too can find benefit in making small changes in the way you eat. And those small changes may be something like requiring less medication on a daily basis, or maybe just improvements in some of your symptoms. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is veggies. So when I talk about veggies, we're talking about fresh veggies, frozen, low sodium canned veggies, and also low-sodium vegetable juices. 
what do you think the most eaten vegetable is in all of the U.S.? Can anyone, can anyone decide? Can anyone, anyone? So the most eaten vegetable in the U.S. is potatoes followed by tomatoes. So back in the day, I don't know if this is still true. I couldn't find any data on this. But back in the day, potatoes in the form of French fries were the most eaten vegetable in the U.S. population. So why I mentioned some of these things is because there's probably room for improvement for most of us. Vegetables, they're really important as they provide a multitude of vitamins, minerals, and fiber. So as we go through this, I'm just going to talk about the food groups. And then in the end, I'll kind of give you some strategies on how to implement more of these into, into how you eat. Next, we'll get to fruit. Fruit is something that is limited or not eaten in the amount that's desired in the U.S. population. Fruit includes fresh fruit, frozen fruit, canned fruit, dried fruit, and it's 100% fruit juice. If it's not 100% fruit juice, it's not considered a fruit in any way. In general, you want to try to concentrate on the fruits that are not the juices because the actual fruit itself will have fiber in it and will give you a little bit more nutrition. So fruit provides fibers, vitamins, minerals. And then next we'll talk about greens. So greens is divided into two categories. You have your whole grains or you have your refined grains. Greens is also called your carbohydrates. This is probably where most people are going to be getting most of their nutrition, especially if there are times that is really tough and you're going through a hardship. I feel like a lot of people kind of go to our carbs because it makes us feel really good. Carbs in itself will, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, it may result in a little bit more calories than if you're eating, obviously, if you're eating veggies and fruit. So greens or carbohydrates is defined as breads, pasta, cereal, oatmeal, rice. But again, when we're talking about this, we're going to talk about whole grains and refined grains because there's a difference. Refined grains include things like white bread, rolls, bagels, crackers, pasta, white rice. In this category, you also have cakes and cookies and pastries. So that's your one kind of grain. Your other kind of grain is going to be your whole grains. So that's going to be your, your oatmeal, your whole wheat bread, your brown rice, your whole wheat pasta, your quinoa. The difference between a refined grain and a whole grain is the nutrient content. So typically your refined grains, again, your white bread, your bagels, your crackers, your cakes, cookies, it's going to be processed it's more processed than a whole grain. And then it's actually going to have less fiber, less vitamins and minerals and iron than whole grains. And your whole grains are going to be things that give you fiber, vitamins, minerals, and iron. So the purpose of a grain is that they break down into glucose. And that's the main energy source that our body likes. Whole grains will also help balance. If you're someone who has diabetes, it will help balance uh, blood sugar levels. So if you're eating something that that's a whole grain, then it's going to be something that is going to help stabilize your blood sugar longer because typically a whole grain has fiber in it and a refined carbohydrate typically does not have fiber. So having the fiber from a whole grain will usually help your blood sugars even out your blood sugar and help your blood sugar stay stable for a longer period of time than having a refined grain. So dairy is something also that it seems like the U.S. population is eating less of the recommendation. 
in the dairy category includes things like low-fat or fat-free milk, yogurt, cheese, or soy milk. Other milks would also fall into this category that are made from a plant. And these include almond milk, rice milk, coconut milk, hemp milk. And these milks are not the same profile, nutritional profile, as the other milks that I mentioned. Typically, these plant-based milk products are are usually the nutrient content is a little bit different. So these guys will usually have a little bit less calories and they'll have a a lot less protein. So a typical low-fat milk or fat-free milk, um, yogurt or cheese, usually a a serving of that has a little bit more calories and about eight grams of protein. In these milks, they typically have about one gram of protein. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. They do though have about the same, all of these offer vitamins, minerals, and calcium and vitamin D, which is important in this category. The next group we have is protein. So we talk about protein and protein is in the form of lean meats, chicken, turkey, pork, fish, eggs, vegetarian options include beans and nuts and seeds and, and soy. And we typically need protein it seems as a population, we're doing okay when it comes to protein because protein is, is important for building our bones, muscles, and skin, and especially if we're working out, building and repairing our tissues. The next category we'll talk about is oils. When I talk about oils, I'm talking about things like oils, including canola, corn, olive, peanut, safflower, soybean, and sunflower oils. Also note that um, oils can be part of foods such as like olives and avocados. Typically, oils are helpful because they help transport fat-soluble vitamins into our cells. So now that we've talked about the different categories of food, including veggies, fruit, grains, dairy, proteins, and oils, you're probably going to ask me, how many, how much of this do I need? How much do I need in my diet? So all of this varies. Typically, it depends on how many calories you require a day. So somebody who needs 1,400 calories a day is going to need a very different amount as somebody who needs a 2,000-calorie diet a day. So typically, if you're eating less calories, then you're going to be eating less of all those food groups. If you need more calories to survive, then you're going to be eating more of those food groups. Now that we've talked about the nutrition groups and just balancing nutrition, what things we need to balance nutrition, let's talk about some practical ways to get you started in creating a balanced nutritional approach in your own life. My best piece of advice is to just start where you're at. Figure out where you can make some changes and just start there. In my nutrition practice, I cannot tell you how many people I've seen that they decide that they want to do something different. And then it's huge change, a whole bunch of change over a really short period of time. I have seen that work for some people, but I think for the majority of us, it's just making one change, whether it's one change every day, whether it's one change every week, just make one change and then practice that change over a period of time and then do another change. Okay. So Figuring out where you think you want to change in terms of nutrition and how you eat. So if your goal is to increase your veggie fruit intake, maybe you do something like you add extra veggie or fruit to a smoothie, or maybe you plant a garden that has 
that you add veggies or fruit to the garden. And then when that grows, you add some of those things. Like if you have tomatoes or cucumbers, you add that to your salad. So then that's a way that you're getting a little bit more vegetables. Maybe you pick a week and you try a different veggie or fruit that week because the goal with veggies in particular is to have a whole bunch of nutrition. So it's not just sticking to all white veggies. It's to have a multitude of colors when it comes to nutrition, because then that way you can like increase the nutrient content. So I don't want you just eating all green things. I want you to eat like green and red and yellow and white, all of those, because over time, that's where you're going to get your, your complete nutrition profile. You can cut up veggies and fruit to have on hand for snacks. You can, another technique you can do is to visualize your plate. And what you would want to do is you'd want to visualize your plate as half of a plate of veggies or fruit, a quarter of your plate as a starch, and the other quarter of your plate as a protein source. So you want to do that for like probably lunch and dinner. And that's a really great way of just making sure that you can get some veggies in that day. So if you did that for lunch, say you have two veggies for lunch, two veggies for dinner, there you are, there's four servings there. And when we're talking again about how many serving sizes is required, it's based on your calorie level that you need, right? So you can go to, the government has a website, it's called choosemyplate.gov, and you can go there and it'll kind of give you a really quick breakdown of like, hey, I need two servings of veggies, three servings of fruit. I honestly think that probably most people should be doing at least like a minimum of four veggies and fruit servings a day. Most people, you know, aren't gaining weight from eating veggies and fruit. And if that's a concern of yours and veggies and fruit are going to be able to give you a little bit more vitamins and minerals than eating some other things. If your goal is to increase your whole grains and to decrease your refined grains, then you're going to look for whole grain foods. And really what you're going to look for is you're going to look at the food label. You're going to turn it around and you're going to look for food that's a hundred percent whole grain, or that's going to have a whole grain as one of the first two ingredients. And also you're going to know if it's whole grain, because you're going to look at the fiber content. If the bread or whatever you're choosing to do to eat is, has like one gram of fiber, that's not going to be whole grain. You're going to be closer to having something like three grams of fiber. That's what's going to be whole grain. And then also you're like decreasing the number of cookies and cakes and snacks that you have. That's also going to help decrease the amount of refined grains that you're eating. So some other tips are just like limiting amount of of meats that you're eating that are processed like hot dogs, sausages, and lunch meat, adding variety to all foods within all food groups. That is obviously going to be something that really helps you create some nutritional balance. You don't ever want to eat I mean, I know some people do this where they eat like they avoid different food groups. I'm not a proponent of that. I think that you need to eat a balance. My whole approach is balancing. So I am avoiding people eating from, you know, limiting food groups because I think you can do that for a short period of time. But I think over time, you're probably going to need to introduce those things back. So again, my goal is just to kind of eat from all of those categories. And then in terms of oils, try to limit like coconut and palm oil and butters and shortening as much as you can. I know coconut oil is something that a lot of people love and and I, it has like a different smoke point, but just know that coconut oil is high in saturated fat. So if you're somebody who has heart disease, it's going to increase your, um, your numbers probably because of the saturated, your bad numbers, because it has saturated fat in it. 
So again, in talking about all these strategies, just try to start where you're at. Start by implementing small changes into how you eat. See what works. Make the changes if it doesn't work. And then just to continue to build and create a foundation that works for you. There's no right or wrong way to do this. It's more of what's right for you and what you can do to maintain your health for the long term. So start where you're at. Start by implementing small changes into how you eat, seeing what works, make changes, and then continue to build and create a foundation that works for you. There is no right way to do this. There is no wrong way to do this. It's more of what is right for you and what you can do and eat to maintain your health for the long term. It's all individualized based on you. I have a free meal planning guide on my website that you can download if you need some more ideas. And I'll leave that information on in my show notes. This journey of creating nutritional balance will take some time and effort and even may require you to step out of your comfort zone because it's not going to be perfect. You might be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so eats this way. I eat this way. It's just do what works for you. And remember that whole health is not an impossibility, but you can make it happen. I don't have it figured out, but I know I can do a better job than I'm doing now. You may feel that way too. Remember to start where you're at, not about being perfect. It's about being 1% better each day. Be kind to yourself, friends. I'll see you next week. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.